On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. Joining me, Andrew Thomason. Andrew, how are you doing here, man, on this beautiful day? I'm doing well, Cody, and it's certainly beautiful, so you you know, you can't really complain there. How are things going with you? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we were just talking off air. It's just been one of those weeks where it feels like all you do is get up, go to work, and come back and go to sleep. So uh, apologies on the lack of content. We've got up a couple videos this week. And shout out to you guys for being able to do that. But um, it's, yeah, it's just been a crazy week. But I uh, wanted to kind of close out this week now, um, kind of looking over. We've talked about the NFL draft. You talk about the Colts draft. It all happened this last weekend. And so I thought for this episode, Andrew, we could do something kind of similar, but a little bit different in a way um, where, you know, we have when we did some of the picks initially, we kind of gave a letter grade um, on a few of them. But I wanted to kind of follow up with an episode here, and we're going to kind of change it up a little bit. At the end, we're going to give our overall letter grade for the Indianapolis Colts 2020 NFL draft. But uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So instead of giving an initial letter grade for each pick, we're going to give a number. And this is how the numbers are going to work. So starting with 10, that's the highest you can go. And so if you figure all, all, nine, all nine picks the Colts made, there will be 90 available points. And we'll go 10 is an A plus, 9 is an A, uh, 8 is an A minus, 7 is a B, and we'll go down the line. Um, and then at the end for one, it'll be a D plus and a D. And then zero points will be rewarded if we say, hey, we didn't like this pick. We give it a D minus or an F. And so at the end of this, we'll add all the points up and kind of give our overall thoughts on all nine picks that the Colts made. And we can jump right in here to the first pick the Colts made. Obviously, they didn't have a first-round pick, and we're not going to include, unfortunately, we're not going to include that DeForest Buckner pick because technically it's not a draft pick. Even though you could count it, I would probably give it a 10. But uh, we're not going to count it for the sake of this argument. Uh, but we'll start here in the second round. The Colts had the second overall pick in the second round, pick 34 overall. And they select wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., um, out of USC, a big body wide receiver, 6'4", over 220. Uh, I guess before I give my grade, Andrew, what are your thoughts here on Michael Pittman, and what grade would you give this selection for the Colts? I think it's a fantastic selection. You look at the uh, amount of needs that the Colts had going into this offseason, having a big-bodied wide receiver that can go up and, and catch those you know, 50-50 contested um, balls is certainly – um, or was certainly a major need for the Colts. And so me personally, I'm going to give it a nine. I, I think Michael Pittman is going to come in and contribute right away. And he's going to be a perfect complement to T.Y. Hilton in this offense. 
Mm-hmm. I'm curious why why not a ten? What what's holding you back? I guess from giving this a complete A plus. I mean, they stole a good grade. I'm just I'm curious. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I could give it a ten, but my the first I guess number that popped into my head was just a nine. I you know, I like the pick a lot enough to give it you know enough to give it that A minus, but I also I want to see what he's like on the field first. Um, sure. I want to see how, how he's able to contribute, how explosive he is in this offense, um, before I, before I'm comfortable enough with giving it that full 10. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, that's fair. Um, I'm trying to think here. I was going to give it a 10, but you're right. I mean, we've seen players who look super great in college. I mean, as Colts fans, we've seen a lot of first round busts in the last decade. And so, uh, yeah, I'll probably give it a nine as well, just because I think that he, obviously fills that need the biggest need undoubtedly on offense i would argue the biggest need overall on the colts for 2020 Um, and that's something that chris ballard just does really well and the reason i give it a nine is because you know i think he's reliable but uh, you know i think i think he's a safe pick here Um, i just want to see can he take it to the next level now i mean he was really really good at usc obviously um, over a thousand yards double digit touchdowns last year was fantastic but yeah you're right I, I just want to see how he fits because sometimes rookie receivers can struggle in the nfl um in their first year you know paris campbell you know he was he wasn't really healthy um, but there were still things he had to work on i do feel like michael Pittman is a more refined product than paris campbell at this point but yeah i'm gonna go with a nine here so nine out of ten that's an a that's a good pick there uh for the colts there um okay now moving on to their next second round pick here um let, let's go on now to running back Jonathan Taylor. This is pick number 41 in the second round. Um, he's a running back out of Wisconsin, arguably the best running back in this class, one of the top running backs in this class, undoubtedly. Had over 2,000 yards back to back seasons, um, had over 20 touchdowns this last season. It's going to be a good compliment to Marlon Mack, I feel like. And uh, But, you know, there are some issues and there are some things that um, people, there are some knocks on him. But Andrew, what would you give this this letter, I guess this number for Jonathan Taylor here? I'm actually going to give this one a 10. Um, I think this is a, a tre- tremendous move. I mean, you, you know, obviously going into the draft, I don't think many Colts fans um, really expected the Colts to maybe look into running back, especially that early. But when you look at a guy like Jonathan Taylor, and as you mentioned, Cody, his, his just overwhelming production – uh, while at Wisconsin, it's just it's something you can't really ignore. And Marlon Mack is going to do a contract year, and you know if I'm being completely objective here, he hasn't really been all that healthy throughout his first four seasons. Now he's played really well and has produced several thousand yard seasons, or at least close to it, when he has been healthy. But but he has been injured from time to time, and I think that that is part of the reason why the Colts went up this early to get Jonathan Taylor to maybe uh, replace Mack going into the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I'm going to give it an eight. I love Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts got a steal here. I love the value pick here, but I look at the running backs, man. It seems like we've seen over the past, however many years with the NFL, it seems like running backs a lot of times um, only have a few good years and it seems like they're pretty expendable and pretty replaceable. Um, and especially since the Colts traded up here, um, and with the needs we know they had, maybe at corner, maybe at defensive end, I kind of felt like, 
you know, I like this pick a lot. I really do. Don't get me wrong. And I think he's going to do really well with the Colts, obviously. But I feel like for this pick, I would have probably liked to see a position that's more of a premium position, if you will, say corner defensive end to just help that. You know, I, I know the Colts invested a lot in this offseason into those two positions. Um, and they obviously invested last year into in the last two years, really into second round picks at that defensive line. But I guess for me, it's just something where we've seen how the league treats running backs and unfortunately it hasn't been very well. And so to trade up for this guy, I don't know. I like I like him as a player. I just I don't like the running back position, if you will, um, in terms of the pick here. But, you know, if he goes on to be the best running back in the league for the next few years, it may well be worth it. So uh, that's just my take there on that. Um, But I really, really do like this pick. Uh, okay, now moving on to round three, pick 85. We have uh, the Colts selecting a safety out of Utah, Justin Blackman. Not Justin Blackman. I keep going on to this site. It's Julian Blackman out of Utah. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts here on Blackman now with the Colts? They add to their secondary, um, add to the safety position. What are your thoughts here on Julian Blackman? I think first and foremost, when you look at you know secondary help, you certainly can't can't frown or, or turn away from something like that. Um, you know, Chris Ballard and, and Matt Eberflus in this defensive scheme certainly um, you could argue is is predicated on having enough quality depth um, at you know safety and corner positions. And so, I think Blackman is a player that could certainly come in, although he's coming off of the torn ACL, maybe later in the season or even next season could come in and play multiple positions for you that safety position he could play maybe in the slot he can maybe play um in the nickel for you even though that's kind of where kenny moore um certain uh plays at the moment he can play in a lot of positions for you i think this is a great pick in terms of as i just mentioned his versatility i think that's why the colts drafted him maybe a little earlier than than people had expected um so i I think blackman could come in and if the colts maybe don't pick up malik hooker's fifth year option uh, maybe Blackman comes in at some point next year or two and, and proves himself to be uh, a suitable replacement or successor, if you will, to Malik Hooker. Mm-hmm. Did you already give the, the letter that, or the number you, you had for this pick? I, I'm sorry, I may have missed it. Oh, no, you're right. I did. My bad on that. Uh, no, I'd give it an eight. I, I would. I'd give it an eight. Okay. Okay. And why would you give it an eight now? You know, there's, I'm curious. Uh, you know, I think when you, like I said, I think this is maybe a bit of a surprising pick. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't think the people that, you know, are more in depth on the NFL draft and, and study later round picks. Um, I don't think they maybe expected Blackman to go as high as he did, but I think Chris Ballard, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, and Matt Eberflus and this Colts defensive unit think highly of him. I think, like I said, he can play several positions for you. Uh, and, and mainly the ACL does concern me a bit just because you know Malik Hooker mm-hmm. to give somewhat of a, a personal example he was coming off of the torn ACL in 2017 and then didn't have a great year in 2018 and really hasn't been all that productive since that injury uh, one could argue at least and so that's kind of where I'm at in terms of, of giving it an eight mm-hmm. yeah and even if he is back to full strength it's something where Frank Reich and Chris Ballard not acknowledged he's probably not going to be ready until maybe October so that's a that's a good few games that they won't have Julian Blackman. Um, I'm probably going to go an eight as well. 
just simply because you mentioned the injury. That's kind of a little bit scary. But when this guy's healthy, I feel like he the Colts got a good value pick here. I saw people projecting him before he was injured into the second round. And the Colts get him here in the third round. So I like this pick quite a lot. But the injury is the only thing that's really keeping me from giving this a 9 or a 10. Uh, and that that's just the biggest factor here. But I think he's a guy that now we know Malik Hooker and his injury history. He hasn't, similar to Marlon Mack, has not played a full 16-game season since he was drafted in 2017. And so it's good to just have some insurance. But um, I guess my question is, do you, you know, do you, do you But, you know, now, I, I don't know. For me, it's kind of like, do you, are you okay now with having two guys who have had recent ACL injuries? Now, I know Malik Hooker hasn't had that for a couple of years, but both guys now have had ACL injuries. Now, again, we've seen different players, though, who have come, who have got those ACL injuries and come back and been super, super good in the NFL level. Um, I think of Frank Gore, for example. I think he tore his ACL when he was at Miami came in and he was one of the most durable running backs for a decade. And so uh, you just don't know with these guys. And I think honestly, it's probably better for Julian Blackman to have this injury. Now, if you're choosing a time, you obviously don't want him to get injured at all, but if you're choosing a time, I think choose it when you're younger because you can recover faster from it and your body can just bounce back as in, as opposed to when you're older and you know, you're, you're struggling with injuries and, and they take a lot longer to recover from. Um, I would say, obviously it's not ideal, but at any point, if you suffer an injury like this, you'd probably want it to be when you're, when you're younger so you can recover from it quicker. Um, so yeah, that, that's our thoughts there on that one. I think we, we pretty much are, are thinking the same thing there, Andrew. Um, now moving on to round four, pick 122. the Indianapolis Colts potentially. Now I say potentially because Chris Ballard said, let's not, Let's not crown this guy the Messiah right away. But they take quarterback Jacob Eason out of Washington. And he's a guy that I know a lot of people and a lot of mock drafts had him going maybe to the Colts, but like in the second or third round. And like he drops all the way to the fourth round, pick 122, and the Colts select Jacob Eason. What are your thoughts here, Andrew, on this new quarterback for the Colts? Yeah, I'm sort of with Chris Ballard. Uh, you know, as far as a grade is concerned, I'm going to go ahead and give it a seven uh, just because we don't really know what we have in Eason or what the Colts have, I should say, in Eason. Uh, and I do want to pump the brakes a little bit, similar to Chris Ballard, in, in sort of crowning Jacob Eason as the next Colts franchise quarterback moving forward. That being said, he certainly has the intangibles. He's 6'5", 220-plus pounds. He's got a heck of an arm, which, as many people know, if there's one thing you can't teach in the NFL, it's how far you can throw a football. Um, but in terms of his overall development, and Frank Reich has said this as well, they don't think he's there yet. I mean, he throws a really nice deep ball. I've watched a lot of his highlights as of late. Um, but in terms of his short and intermediate routes, a lot of the balls are, from what I've seen, were thrown a bit behind the intended targets. And so he certainly uh, has a lot to learn. But on the flip side of that, as many people have said, I don't think he could have landed in a better place, Cody. I mean, you're sitting behind Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, arguably two of the NFL's greatest leaders and competitors in the game, uh, particularly at the quarterback position, uh, Philip Rivers certainly is, is arguably a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, this guy, you know, Jacob Eason has a chance to to really learn some quality, quality um, 
things in terms of, you know, what it's like to, to, to be an NFL quarterback and can he step up to the plate? And, and, you know, he's got big shows to fill now. Let's, let's remember, you know, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers is no, you know, he can, he can play too. So when you're stepping in for, you know, those three guys, those, that's, those are some big shoes to fill. And I think, um, I think Ethan's got a way, a ways to go, but I like the pick. So like I said, I, I give it a seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to give it actually a nine. And here's the reason why I'm going to give it a nine. I know some people are probably in the comments shaking their fists at me, whatever, bring it on. Um, but anyway, uh, the reason why I would give it a nine is just because I think this is tremendous value for a guy that people thought was a, was arguably a fringe second round talent and potentially a first round talent. I know some people even had that some crazy mock drafts kind of had that, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think I'm going to give it a nine because you got him for a fourth round pick. And it's like, for me, it's like the fourth round is kind of like, it could be either Marlon Mack or it could be Zach Banner. You just don't know. And so for me, I like that because it's like Jacob Beeson's kind of like a boomer bust pro- prospect for me. You know, he's a guy that has tremendous physical attributes, tremendous. Like he, I've seen highlights and plays of him where he makes throws that Jacoby Brissett would never even imagine making. Um, but, you know, also, you know, you look at on the flip side, you look at that and you're like, well, he could be reckless with the ball. And there's just a lot, there's some concerns there. And I know there are some concerns potentially about his drive and, you know, may, maybe what his passion for the game. And I know that was something that like when he was asked, he told people, yeah, that's one thing I want to prove is that I'm passionate about this game. And that could be a little bit scary for some fans who are like already, you know, there's some question concerns especially, you know, talking about Andrew Luck, we know Andrew Luck loved football, but we know that Andrew Luck, along with Anthony Costanzo, if you were going to say any Colt left football early, we'd probably say them just because they're not quote unquote football guys fully. You know, they have other interests and they're just kind of unique people and they are, and we love them. You know, they've been tremendous for the Colts, but um, you know, Jacob Beeson, I think that would just make me kind of say, Oh, let me do my homework on this guy. And, you know, and I, I, I said, you know, the Colts got him at a good value, but you have to think also, there's probably a reason why he fell to the fourth round, right? When teams started to do their research, there's probably a reason why he fell this far. Um, but it's kind of a unique situation that Jacob Eason finds himself in. He's not going to be thrust in to the starting role, even if one of the, even if Philip Rivers was to get dinged up for a game or something, Jacoby Reset would be your backup, right? Jacob Eason's going to be competing with Chad Kelly for that third string quarterback position. And so it's something where he does is not going to probably more than likely be thrown into the fire unless something crazy happens here in year one. He's going to have a chance to just learn from some of the best pros out there. I mean, Philip Rivers is a guy, I feel like him and Jacob Eason's game, are kind of similar. They're, they're guys that trust their arms and they're guys that are kind of gunslingers, you know, and, and on the flip side, Jacoby resets a guy that is kind of a game manager. So it's an interesting situation that he finds himself in where he has a quarterback that kind of plays to his style. And then he has some, you know, Jacoby reset who, who probably the biggest knock on him was he didn't make enough downfield throws. I mean, the Colts just did not, were not good in that department last year. Um, so for me, I think, it's interesting because he kind of has a tale of two different quarterbacks that he can learn from and he can pick their pockets. And I just think he definitely just needs to 
just soak it all in that he can while the Colts have. You mentioned Phillip Rivers, first ballot Hall of Famer. Jacoby Brissett, he's played some games. And just sit there and learn. Just be a sponge. That's what I think he has to do. But I give it a nine because he's got all the physical tools to be a starting quarterback. He's got things that you can't teach. And I think, man, at at worst, I think Jacob Eason is a backup quarterback for you. At best, he could be your franchise quarterback. And I'm perfectly fine with taking Jacob Eason here in the fourth round because if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out, whatever. It's just a fourth-round pick. But if he does, you get a tremendous steal here. Um, So that's why I would probably go with a nine there for Jacob Eason. Uh, Okay, now moving on to the fifth round. The Colts traded with the Lions. Uh, pick 149, and they get offensive lineman Danny Pinter out of Ball State, who, by the way, shameless plug, we interviewed Danny a few days ago on the podcast, so be sure to check that one out. Uh, but he's a guy that's probably – he played tackle in college for Ball State, but he's probably going to slide inside. Chris Ballard kind of talked about he's probably going to, uh, if you will, fill that kind of Josh Andrews type of role, playing the guard and the center position and, and kind of just working within the interior Andrew, what are your thoughts here on the Colts selection here in the fifth round of Danny Pinter? Yeah, this might surprise some people, Cody, but I'm going to give it an eight. Um, and, and not necessarily in terms of the player. And, and let me, let me be clear. That's not an indictment on Danny Pinter, but usually once you start getting to those later round picks, um, sort of, as you mentioned with Jacob Eason, there's a reason they get picked in the later rounds. Um, but that's beside the point. I, I give it, I still give it a solid eight and I give it an eight for this reason. Colts desperately, desperately, desperately had to address the offensive line depth going into not only this offseason, but particularly the draft, because we didn't really see them do much in, in the free agency period when it came to addressing the offensive line depth. Uh, so Pinter here, as you mentioned, is a former tight end who converted to tackle and can come in, according to Chris Ballard, and play that guard center um, spots on the offensive line. I think he's going to come in and be a quality backup for you. Uh, and, you know, Ryan Kelly, unfortunately, has had some injuries um, the last couple of seasons, maybe not this past season, but the season, a couple of seasons before. Um, so, you know, you lose a guy like Josh Andrews and a guy like Danny Penter could come in and fill the shoes of Kelly if needed or, or um, one of the guards if they were to go down. So I, I think I give it an eight because it was such an important need, and I think it's quality value. And I think that he could come in and be a quality backup for you. Mm-hmm. I even think potentially he could maybe compete, maybe not this year, but in the coming years for that right guard spot. I really think he's a guy, he's got really good strength. Um, I think he's a, he's somebody who said, you know, I feel like I can improve on that in that area. I think he's got some decent strength. Uh, he can definitely improve there. He's a very good pass protector, which I think, is very important. He's very athletic. You know, you mentioned he was a converted tight end. Um, so if he puts on some strength, I think he could potentially be a, a good right guard option there for you. I mean, we've seen the Colts have gotten some pretty decent players there in the later rounds. You know, I think of Joe Haig, for example, he got, they got him in the fifth round a few years ago. And I see Danny Pinter potentially being a little bit better than Joe Haig. Honestly, I, I feel like we saw what Joe Haig could do, right? He was a, he was a spot starter backup for you. But I feel like Danny Penter has some other qualities that I feel like could potentially maybe make him a future starter down the road. Um, So I'm going to give it an eight as well. Uh, I just think it fills an immediate need that you need there Um, at at the interior. You have Laurie Van Clark, which I think 
is notable. I mean, he's not the greatest player in the world, but I mean, he's seen some game action. So you have a little bit of backup experience there, but in the interior, you had really no guys outside of your three interior starters that saw really any game action uh, last year. And so I think adding Pinter just adds a little bit of competition to that, to that offensive interior, especially at the right guard position. Um, and just gives you more depth. I think that's just what you need. You just need more depth. You consistently need, you know, Chris Ballard has talked about, he, he needs eight, nine, potentially 10 guys on that offensive and defensive line. And I think just adding Penter fills a need. And I think he's a pretty good player for you. Very athletic, which I think will help a lot for him. Um, so that's our grade there on, on him. Now we can move on now to the sixth round, which the Colts actually had four picks in the sixth round. We can start here at 193. Uh, they take defensive tackle out of Penn State, Robert Windsor. What are your thoughts here, um, Andrew, on Colt selecting Windsor? Yeah, before I give my grade, I want to be clear. This is not a, a, an indictment or a shot by any means at Windsor. I think he could maybe come in and compete for that uh, fourth string defensive tackle spot, but you might be able to guess where I'm going with this. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give it a five uh, and I'm going to give it a five because personally I would have much rather had seen the Colts address defensive end. Um, not that they haven't with obviously the last several dra- several drafts um, investing, as you mentioned earlier, Cody, a lot of those second round picks and some really, really quality defensive ends with tremendous upside, but the Colts did a lot of work during the free agency period um, and brought in um, DeForest Buckner and Sheldon Day. And you have guys like Taekwon Lewis and Danico Autry as well, who's played the uh, three technique prior to Buckner um, being traded for. So you have plenty of depth and plenty of quality depth at that, at that defensive tackle position. And in this pick, like I said, um, I would have rather seen it be a defensive end. And, and so I, you know, I'm not sure what Windsor can bring in terms of, you know, uh, maybe other than a third or fourth string defensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, you thought yours was low. I'm going to three. I hated this pick. I hated this pick for a lot of reasons. Um, first off, you mentioned that defensive tackle group is pretty good. I mean, you addressed it in free agency. You have Grover Stewart. You have, you know, Danico Autry. Taekwon Lewis has played them three technique to force Buckner, Sheldon Day. Your defensive interior is completely clogged at this point. I just don't understand, especially I wanted, I wanted a tight end. I really did. I felt like there were some decent options there at tight end that I felt like, you know, you signed Trey Burton, but he's had some injury history the last year. And I just would like the Colts to bring in a little more competition for a player that I think could potentially make the roster. And I just don't think unless Robert Windsor is just somehow just incredible in training camp. I don't see him making this roster. And I would have preferred you taking another position that you feel like could potentially make the roster. Now I know it's just a six round pick and some people argue you're not really investing that much into this, which I get that. But I also think there were some other picks with some other positions that still need potentially tweaked and addressed that you could have addressed there in, uh, in the sixth round, instead of taking a guy that most likely, unless the Colts cut somebody is not going to make this roster. I mean, let's be real. There's just no, no space for him. It's no knock on Robert Windsor. It's just like, I just didn't see where he'd fit in. I, I really don't. Um, now, you know, we could be completely wrong on this and, you know, we've been plenty wrong before. If I'm wrong on this, I will happily be wrong on this, but 
I just did not like this pick. I, I really did not. I was scratching my head. I was like, why are you adding, especially the defensive interior? Now, who knows? You know, Robert Windsor's already switched from nose tackle to defensive to the three technique at Penn State. Maybe the Colts feel like, oh, maybe he can play some defensive end. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they do. Maybe he loses a little bit more weight uh, and plays more to the, the defensive end for you. But um, I don't know. I just don't see his fit here on this roster. So I'm just going to give it – you said you gave it a five, Andrew. I'm going to give it a, a three, I think. Um, now we're probably going to have somebody upset at us, and <laughs> we'll gladly be wrong. We'll see. We'll see when training camp comes and preseason comes if, if Windsor can bring something. But uh, our first impressions are we didn't really like this pick. Um, all right, moving on now to the next sixth-round pick. The Colts actually had three picks in a row. Now, this was the pick number 211. The Colts traded former second-round pick of 2017, Quincy Wilson, for this pick, and they drafted essentially his replacement, um, another corner, Isaiah Rogers, out of UMass. Uh, he's a little bit shorter. Um, he's not Quincy Wilson's size by any means, um, but he's a little bit more versatile, and he plays special teams. What are your thoughts here, Andrew, on Isaiah Rogers? I'm going to give it an eight. Um, I like the trade of Quincy Wilson, um, and that's no shot at Quincy, but we all know that he he had his struggles here in Indianapolis, and and I think it was best for he and the team to move forward. Uh, that being said, with his replacement, um, as you as you sort of stated, Cody, with Isaiah Rogers out of UMass, um, I've watched a little bit of film on on Isaiah, and I think he's a uh, could come in and and compete for that. I think he has a legit shot to make this roster. I'll put it that way. I think. Um, you know, you look at Xavier Rhodes and TJ Carey, the two free agents that the Colts brought in. Uh, honestly, I like both of those signings, but I think they're sort of just banking on the fact that that Rhodes is going to get back to his all pro and pro bowl days when he was with Minnesota. And, and we don't know if that's going to be the case. And so I don't think you can ever have too much depth in the secondary. Um, and I think Isaiah Rogers, as you mentioned, Cody is very versatile where the positions he can play as well as being a special teams player. Um, so I think he's going to contribute quite well there. And so, I, yeah, I, I like the pick. I really do. I give it an eight. Up there, I really like this pick, too, um, because he, you know, he brought in TJ Carey, who we think will probably be the backup slot guy um, for Kenny Moore. But, you know, you bring in a, another guy like Isaiah Rogers, who can play some slot. He's also, I watched some of his tape. He's a pretty fiery guy out there. I mean, whatever he lacks in height, he makes up for in competitiveness. He's certainly a guy I like a lot and he plays special teams. He's a pretty darn good returner too, which I don't know if you saw Andrew, but the Colts, I guess Chester Rogers kind of announced it. He's not going to be returning to the Colts. He kind of handled the punts last year for the Colts. And so, uh, you know, Naheem Hines was fantastic in the games that he returned punts for the Colts last year, especially that Carolina game. He was absolutely insane. Uh, but looking at it now, you just add another guy. You basically drop a Rodgers and bring in another Rodgers to potentially fill his role. Um, so I like him because he can, he can play special teams, which Quincy Wilson did not. And he also could maybe contribute in the slot, which we saw last year when Kenny Moore went down. I mean, the Colts had nobody to even come close to sniffing the level that Kenny Moore plays the slot. So I like him for those reasons, especially here in the sixth round. I think, I think he's a guy that can come in and make this roster because he can play special teams and he can also contribute a little bit on the field for you. Uh, if you get in a pinch and you're needing that. So I like this Isaiah Rogers pick a lot more, obviously than the last pick Robert Windsor, but 
Uh, moving on here, number pick pick 212 right after that, the Colts uh, traded with the Patriots. They get another big body wide receiver here, Desmond Patman out of Washington State. Um, and just before I say this, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you've done this, Andrew, but I've kind of like messed up their names sometimes. So the Colts, let's see. Michael Pittman, Danny Pinter, and now Desmond Patman. They're all like similar names. And so I'm kind of just like, if I mess up one of their names, I apologize. But I'm just like, man, the Colts got a lot of P and T for whatever reason <laughs> uh, from their draft class. But Desmond Patton's a pick here out of Washington State. What are your thoughts here on Patman um, and potentially his fit here with the Colts roster? Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. I, I like the pick. Um, you know, the Colts, as we mentioned earlier, arguably their number one need was addressing that big body wide receiver. Obviously, they, they selected Michael Pittman uh, earlier in the second round, and then they come back in the sixth round and they get Desmond Patman. And I am with you, Cody. Sometimes I struggle with with last names as well. Those things they can be tricky when they have similar names, as you mentioned. So uh, Patman, um, I haven't really done a ton of film study just yet on him. But from what I understand, I think the Colts really like him. I think they like his character. I think he's got a real shot to make this roster. I mean, you look at um, some of the guys that are maybe on the back end in terms of you know, receiver depth, uh, the Darius Fountains of the world, the Chad Williams uh, of the world, and uh, other receivers as well. I think you just um, – I think he could come in and, and potentially – maybe compete for that fourth or even fifth wide receiver spot. In my opinion, with a guy like Philip Rivers, who, who really has a lot of success with those, with throwing those, you know, 50, 50 contested balls uh, and games, I don't think you can ever have enough big body wide receivers. And so I like the pick. And for that reason, I'm giving it an eight. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like this pick too. I'm going to be, I'm going to kind of cheat here. I'm going to go seven and a half. Cause I was like seven feels too low for him because he's just has a lot of raw physical tools, but he's still not a refined receiver. I don't even know if he's going to make this roster. Um, but he is a guy, man, that I really like a lot. Um, especially here at, at the six in the sixth round here. Um, he, just look, his hands, man, are absolutely huge. He's got ten over 10-inch hands. So he's got big hands. He's a big body wide receiver. He's 6'4". He actually weighs more than Michael Pittman. Um, just a big body receiver. Phillip Rivers loves those guys, especially getting him in the sixth round to compete with some of these guys, Reese Fountain. Uh, I know they just cut uh, Steve Ishmael, but Ashton Doolin's another guy that they like quite a bit who's played some special teams for him. So it'll be interesting to just get, you know, I thought I, I like what the Colts did. Honestly, I felt like that was the thing they've lacked for so long is just big body wide receivers that you can use in the red zone. And he's another guy that I don't know how much he's going to see the field, but you know, we saw last year with all those injuries to the Colts receivers uh, sometimes you need some of those guys to step up and maybe Patman will have the chance to do that this year. If uh, something similar happens like it did last year with the, it's just the injuries on injuries with the wide receiver position. And it just adds more depth to that wide receiver position. So I like this pick a lot. I just think he's still pretty raw, but that's kind of what you bank on here in the sixth round. You get guys with good physical tools um, or guys who are very versatile and, and guys that can contribute on special teams and guys who just have that, potential uh to put it all together and so i like this pick a lot i'll give it a seven and a half there and then the last pick here pick 213 um also from the patriots the colts select jordan glasgow 
out of Michigan. He was listed as a safety, but he also played some linebacker, a very good special teams player for Michigan. Um, what are your thoughts here, Andrew, on Jordan Glasgow? I think the Colts love him. I think Chris Ballard, if you haven't seen the last episode um, of With the Next Pick, I highly recommend uh, you watching that or uh, to go to go and watch it. It's it's fantastic. Um, the, the Colts obviously do a tremendous job, and um, I don't really want to give too much away, but but Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and this Colts staff absolutely raved about Glasgow's character, about his capabilities uh, to come in and play special teams for you and to do it at a quality level. I think he's got a legitimate shot to come in and be a key contributor on special teams. And, you know, honestly, Cody, I know we have, you know, I know the Colts have, I should say, you know, Zaire Franklin, uh, Matthew Adams, and EJ Speed at that right outside linebacker position. But we haven't really seen too much uh, in terms of production from them. And so, you know, maybe Glasgow comes in and competes for that that position or maybe a second or third string um, in, in that in that role, that right outside linebacker. And so overall, I, I'll have to, hmm, you know, that's interesting. Just because of how well he can, can contribute to special teams, I'm going to have to give it an eight. I mean, I really am. I, I, I like, you know, I, I, I haven't really done a ton of study on Glasgow just yet, but I like the overall production. Um, as I mentioned, I like, as I've said now a bunch of times, sorry, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I like how he can play on special teams and play well. And I think he's going to be a key asset for the Colts moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like him in terms of he gives tremendous effort, which I think is huge. Um, I don't know how great he'll be, you know, if he's called on to, you know, an injury happens, he's called on. I don't know how he's not a great athlete, um, but you mentioned he can play special teams and he's, I think, you know, a lot of people don't really think about special teams can win you and lose you games. I mean, we saw that so many times last year with Adam Vinatieri, unfortunately missing extra points, missing field goals, that stuff adds up. And I think it's honestly the reason amongst other things, but one of the reasons why the Colts didn't make the playoffs and didn't have a winning record was the special teams just uh, really suffered last year and overall the team suffered. And so I'm perfectly fine here with bringing in another guy. Um, I'm going to give it an eight as well here for uh, Glasgow here, the last pick the Colts had. So now we've gone through all of our picks here. Andrew, you had a 71 out of 90, which translates to a 78%, which is a C plus. I think, Overall, the big one was just the Robert Windsor pick. Um, we give, both gave that one a low one. So that really, you know, out of nine picks, if one of them is that low, it really impacts the entire class. Um, so 78% for you. I had 67.5 out of 90, which is a 75% for me. Um, but, I, you know, I think if we take that out here, it would be around a B. I really do. I think it's a B to B plus type of draft outside of the Robert Windsor pick. And so that, that seems about right there for us. We'll probably give it a solid B. Um, I felt like there were some positions that I felt like maybe you could have addressed somewhere else, but you know, overall I thought it was a solid draft for the Colts. I really did. I thought they addressed some key positions that they needed to. Um, and maybe we we're a little bit hard on them. I, I guess it'll see maybe Robert Windsor will turn out to be an all pro pro bowl type player. We just never know. But uh, overall, yeah, I thought it was a solid draft. I thought that the Colts did a really good job of this is something I love about Chris Ballard is when he sees a need, an immediate glaring need, he fills it and turns it into a strength. And I think he did that here, obviously with the three technique, getting the player of the force Buckner's caliber 
and then getting Michael Pittman and Desmond Patman later on in the draft, I think it just he he doubled down on that again, which I think is huge for what the Colts are going to do. Um, and I think it could potentially be a strength next year. So um, really like this draft quite a lot. And I think that uh, certainly a lot of these guys will have a chance to contribute here week one of the 2020 season. It'll be interesting to see which draft picks make the final roster, which guys that are still on the roster kind of get pushed out because of some of these guys and which other guys will be on the practice squad. And then some guys that inevitably will find home somewhere else. It'll just be interesting to see uh, which guys contribute here in the 2020 season and even beyond. So, alrighty, that'll do it for this podcast. Thank you guys so much for all your support and all your love for us. Uh, we definitely want to continue to bring out content, even though the draft's over, we want to continue to provide quality content for you. There's some, some interesting things coming up, especially this Monday with the Malik hooker, potentially his fifth year option, potentially being picked up or not. So it'll be interesting to be sure to, we'll make sure to get that covered for you and give our analysis if and when that does or does not happen. So for Andrew and myself, thanks guys so much and go Colts.